Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Today, we have finally made it out of Colossians 3, verse 5, and we are moving on to verse 6. If you remember, he just implored us to put to death all sexual immorality. And here's what he says next, verse 6. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. I remember being at a conference a number of years ago, and I was listening to Keith Getty share about the song that he and his wife wrote that's called In Christ Alone. I'm sure many of you have heard it before. It's an amazing song. But he mentioned that one church, or specifically I think a pastor, reached out and said that he loved the song, but he mentioned how they switched some of the lyrics. You see, there was a line in the song that goes like this, till on the cross when Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. And the pastor said that the song was great, but that they wouldn't sing about the wrath of God. Therefore, they were going to change the words to remove the idea that God has wrath. And this pastor is not alone. You know, the idea of God's wrath is one of people's biggest hang-ups or theological issues. And this is not a new issue. There was a man named Marcion in the early 2nd century that was teaching Christians that the God of the Old Testament was different than Jesus that the God of the Old Testament was vengeful, filled with wrath and anger. But, he said, we should follow Jesus as the New Testament God filled with love. And I think many people feel similarly today, that God is sometimes expressed as vengeful, angry, or wrathful. So, what do we do then with a passage like Colossians 3.6? Is our God filled with wrath? Well, I think the answer is clearly yes, God acts in wrath. And believe it or not, I think that is really good news. So I want to take this episode to just consider what wrath is and why it's a good thing that God has wrath. First, what is wrath? When we think of it, we probably consider a really angry person doling out some sort of punishment, right? Maybe you think of somebody unfairly doling out punishment or judging just in this aggressive anger. My guess is many of you don't get a warm, fuzzy feeling or a picture in your mind of a sweet old grandpa or something. You probably think of a vengeful ruler or a terrible parent who acts in sinful anger toward their child. But wrath does not necessitate evil or sin. What I mean by that is wrath isn't always a bad thing. And I know that because verses like this say that God has wrath and we know God does not sin. He is not evil. So wrath at its core is simply punishment or judgment against something. Now that can be sinful and negative, but it does not have to be. John Piper speaks of God's wrath this way. He says, the wrath of God is God's settled anger towards sin 
expressed in the repayment of suitable vengeance on the guilty sinner. I know that's Piper's language. It's confusing. So let me say that again. The wrath of God is God's settled anger towards sin expressed in the repayment of suitable vengeance on the guilty sinner. It is God's righteous anger displayed or expressed against sin. That's what we're talking about when we talk about God's wrath. So, why then is God's wrath a good thing? Why do I talk about the good news of God's wrath? Well, to get at that question, we have to recognize some misconceptions we have about God's wrath. Because we could assume that God having wrath means that he is inconsistently wrathful, meaning sometimes he punishes sins and sometimes he doesn't. We could think that he gives out wrath by showing partiality or favoritism, that some people get his wrath and some people don't. Or we could just assume that God would be more loving if he never punished and gave out wrath at all. Well, the good news is that God is consistently wrathful against sin, meaning he expresses anger and judgment against that which is not in line with the worship of him or the flourishing of creation. He doesn't do that by showing favoritism. He's not sometimes wrathful and sometimes not wrathful. If there is brokenness, sin, and wickedness in the world, it causes his anger to be expressed through wrath. So, for instance, when we worship success in this life, and we work hours and hours and we drive ourselves crazy by this slavery of needing to be successful and it ruins us, all of that God is not pleased with. When we show favoritism to people that are rich or have something to offer us, and therefore we ignore those who need help and the poor around us, God is not pleased with that. Or maybe in line with Colossians 3, 5, when we commit sexual immorality and it wrecks our heart and it hurts other people, God is not pleased with that. And that only makes sense, right? Because God has given us the way to a flourishing life with him. And when we sin or cause pain and harm, he is justly angry toward that. So God's wrath is the righteous response to sin in his broken world. Now, here's why I think that is specifically good news then in our life. We do not want a God who tolerates evil and wickedness. If we said God does not have wrath against sin, then when evil things happen in this world, we have to say that God does not care to do anything about it. So that would mean when an abuser acts violently against their victim, we would have to say that God just sweeps that under the rug. Or when two people commit adultery and they wreck many people's lives around them and in their family, we would have to say that God doesn't seem to mind that happening. When a nation's leader declares war and they murder innocent people for no reason, we would have to say that God's not going to do anything to bring justice. Because a God without wrath will not do anything against injustice. And that means a God without wrath is a wicked God. And that is not our God. Our God hates evil. He hates wickedness. 
and he will act to bring justice against the wicked. So here's where I want that to maybe land today. Let me give you two different encouragements. First, if you have had injustice done to you, if evil has been done to you, which is true of all of us to some extent, God is not passively sitting by saying his hands are tied or he's looking the other way. That's a wicked, ridiculous God. That is not our God. God hates sin so much that he is bringing wrath against all who sin and the evil done. He is coming one day to bring all the evil things done to light and to bring justice against them. And so in Romans, it says that we can leave vengeance or retaliation up to God because his just wrath is coming. That is your God. But second, I think this is a good opportunity for us to recognize that we deserve wrath. I mean, the very next verse says that we walked in these type of sins. We deserve God's wrath, but praise be to God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the cross. Because it is on the cross that God's wrath was poured out on Jesus for all the sins that his people committed. Every evil deed that you have ever done is not swept under the rug. It is justly paid for in the person of Jesus Christ. All evil will be brought to justice, and we will either pay for that eternally by God's wrath, or it will have been paid for in Christ. Therefore, the people of God can sing, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.